This hour of broadcasting brought to you by TwoWayRadioCenter.com, a Motorola value-added reseller. Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. Brought to you by Vigilant Impact. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping the vigilant, those men and women who stand watch, keeping our houses of worship and places of faith safe. We believe church safety and security must be a ministry first and have engaged servant leaders who continually strive for excellence and teams of motivated volunteers that are always training. Join us for the next hour as the Church Safety Guys unpack safety, security, leadership, and ministry operations with your hosts, Dr. James McGarvey and Mike Scully. This broadcast is also available on YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, churchsafetyguys.com, and on the original Church Security app. Download it today. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share with your ministry. Well, hello and welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. I am James, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Mike. Hello, sir. Happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday. It's another another great evening. Yep, <laughs> that it is. If you're listening to this at a different time, welcome. Uh, we, we usually record these live Sunday nights and then uh, play them throughout the week, but uh, you're welcome to follow along through our website at churchsafetyguys.com, and then uh, you can actually watch the most recent episode on there or our YouTube channel. And then we also uh, we also have a a channel on Patreon now, and uh, that really uh, is comprised of all of our uh, all of our episodes except the last two seasons, and then the last two seasons you can actually get on YouTube. Um, and uh, anywhere that you listen to Spotify, iHeartMedia, anywhere you listen to podcasts, um, you can you can access that content and go through and certainly access uh, past topics if there's a specific topic or past topic that you're looking for. Um, chances are we've probably done a broadcast on it. <laughs> yep, pretty much. But uh, as always, if you if you think of we we do all of this based on listener feedback. So if there's a particular topic, you're like, hey, they haven't talked about this in a long time. Uh, feel free to reach out to us and and we will do our best to to tee up that topic and um, find Absolutely. an industry leader on it. And, uh, you know, if it's something we're not familiar with and then uh, and chat about it. So. Good times. Indeed. That's so good. we had, uh, I know you had excitement and I'll let you tell that story <laughs> this, this weekend. We had excitement yesterday, so I'll tell this story real quick. So I was sitting on my couch and, uh, we were having plumbing problems in our house <laughs> and one of our toilets overflowed and I was trying to problem solve, troubleshoot with that. But I'm, I, I sat down, I'm sitting on the couch and my phone starts buzzing and I pick it up 
And I have, I don't know um, if our, any of our listeners are familiar with this, but I have uh, what's called a citizen app on my phone. And what it does is it pinpoints your location. I think Columbus is a test market, but it pinpoints your location. And then it tells you like what's going on from a public safety standpoint. So um, it sends me alerts when I'm close to an incident, like with Columbus police or fire or something like that. And I like it for, uh, it's a free app and I, I would encourage you to download it and see if they're testing it in your area. But Columbus was a test market for it. And so, um, I use it for church safety all the time because it tells me, okay, if there's something going on that the police were called in my proximity, it's really helpful. Well, I'm sitting on my couch and it starts buzzing and I pick it up and look at it. And it tells me that there's a guy with a gun 200 feet from my location oh, <laughs> and I'm sitting, I'm sitting on my couch in my bed, you know, in my bedroom and I'm like 200 feet from my location. Okay. There's That's a guy and the police were just called. So I, <laughs> I jumped up and, um, uh, our, how our house is situated. is kind of unique, but how our house is situated our the master bedroom is like pushed out away from the rest of the house. And so right away, I, I grabbed um, grabbed one of the, the firearms that I have, and I basically told my family, I'm like, go in the furthest from the front of the house closet. And yeah. I didn't have time. Like, they're, they're all like, what is wrong with you? Like, what just happened? And I'm like, get in the closet, stay in the closet, don't come out till I say so. So I go downstairs, and I'm looking, and I knew exactly the house, and unfortunately, there was a d domestic there like two days before. And I think the husband and wife have been fighting and just kind of a weird, bad situation. But I'm guessing what happened was the wife called the police and said, my husband has a gun and could you send an officer out? So after, I think it was about four or five minutes, a police car rolled up and two officers walked up to the house. And so I was like, okay, you know, this makes me a little bit, I feel more comfortable that they took it seriously because yep. I mean, that type of response is crazy, um, crazy good. I should say for, for my precinct, um, and the precinct I, mean, I did, live in, did they arrive or did they kind of storm the house? They didn't storm the house. They, yeah. uh, they arrived and it wasn't with lights and sirens, but when right. they came down the street, they were very m much like you could tell it was, there was a sense of urgency. Um, okay. so the, the car pulled up, the officers jumped out and walked up to the house and said, and they've been called like our neighbors have called them before. I, I can sit in actually in my bedroom and a couple nights ago I heard them yelling and they were fighting outside on their front porch and mm -hmm. I could hear them from inside my house. And so that's why like right away I'm like, I start thinking about it and, and later it was funny because today at church, my wife mentioned that, that the whole scenario to our pastor and uh, everybody kind of looked at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, what? I'm like, if he le legitimately had a gun yeah. and started shooting, we have one layer of sheetrock. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm like, that's not going to stop anything. And so it was kind of funny, but you know, at the same time, I appreciated the fact that my family actually listened to me and, and yep. were at least in a place in the house that was a little bit safer and, you know, um, more protected, but I stayed kind of downstairs and outside, you know, I, I went outside a little bit and kind of watched what was going on and that sort of thing. And, 
Um, but sounds, uh, sounds eerily familiar to a couple of right? weeks ago for me. And, <laughs> and uh, the uh, it's just it's just funny. Two different parts of the country, two different uh, but similar stories. Uh, we had uh, we had numerous uh, officers arrive, sheriffs, deputies, stateies, uh, local unmarks, excel, uh, um, all show up into our street in a couple houses, a few down, a few down. Um, but these guys showed up guns blazing and they, mm-hmm. they came up coming out of their car, like a bat out of hell, uh, coming in on the house. So, um, I guess there were shots fired. Um, it ultimately turned out to be unfortunately a, uh, a suicide situation, but, uh, they were coming in on a shots fired call. So, uh, they came in code three to the, to the scene and, and it's right near the house. So we're like, Hey, we see those, we see, hear all the sirens coming in. We're, we're hearing the screeches on the street and seeing the guns coming out and we're like, Ooh, something's <laughs> going on. And then they, they had a chopper overhead on top, uh, at that point, uh, pulled in Austin PD's chopper North to us. And so, yeah, just a lot of crazy mm-hmm. action in a short period of time, but, Hey, you know what? That's that's what they're we're there for is we're we're equipped with the readiness and mindset to be able to act once we take in certain piece of knowledge. So uh, I mean, I get it. Some people from the outside of that bubble sometimes look at it as, "Hey, we're crazy," uh, but uh, at the same point, hey, we take the knowledge, we act. Yeah. Keep well, in where where we are, a couple I think it was a couple of years ago, I was actually doing the the broadcast, and I heard something um, on a Sunday night, and I heard something that sounded like gunshots in, in on my neighborhood, and I live out in the country, and so I was like, okay, and I kept doing the broadcast. When we're finished, I walk outside, and the entire street is just like red red and blue, and turns out somebody went to this birthday party um, about eight houses down and took out a 22 and started shooting at people and and uh, a couple people were hit no I don't think anyone was seriously injured but um, you know the the police we had the same thing like we have a helicopter in Columbus and it descended and everything you know it's like you walk outside your house and you see a spotlight <laughs> from your <laughs> from your from from your neighborhood uh, helicopter, and it's like, okay, that guy's flying a little bit low, but <laughs> your um, your mic's on mute. Indeed. Mike. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, it's it's interesting. So uh, on this broadcast, we I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, large churches and small churches, and and oftentimes, uh, a lot of the churches we wo- we work with and we do stuff with are on the smaller side, and a lot of times things seem like like I don't know if maybe it's you're in a small church and you think that uh, a large church is going to be that different in how they do things, and uh, maybe we get in a mindset of, you know, things having to be a certain way, or if, if a larger church was doing safety and security, it would be different. Um, but when we were down in, in Texas, uh, at Dallas, uh, in Dallas at Watermark Church for the, the, um, conference that we went down a couple, was it a couple weeks ago? Almost a month uh, ago it's now. a month ago already, almost. <laughs> Uh, we got we got the opportunity to meet the safety director of that church, and and he was a uh, he is a great guy, and he gave us the opportunity to kind of tour 
the church and kind of showed us around. And I really love his heart for the Lord. And so we reached out to him and um, wanted to bring him in on this broadcast and kind of talk about his background and and just talk a, a little bit about big churches and small churches. And so I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. So I'll bring in Nate. So thank you for joining us tonight, sir. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And it's been about a month. So it's good to see you guys. I know we course <laughs> we corresponded. Yeah, time flies. It does. Um, I, I put a, I put sure. my littlest one in school for the first time over that since I last saw That's you. And deal. So me and my wife are like, you know, nine in the morning now at the house. It's like really quiet. And we're like, that's weird uh, for the first time in a couple Suspicious of years. Suspicious quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can hear all the creaks of the house. You're like, what is that noise? Yep. Um, but yeah. Good so stuff. yeah, I know we correspond a little bit, but good to see you guys. Good to, good, good to have you um, out. Thanks. Yeah. Good to jump on with you. I love what you're doing here. For sure. Thank you. So you, you uh, spoke at uh, Chuck and Marion's conference and actually you guys hosted the conference, the NOC SSM uh, conference down there in Dallas. And uh, love what you said. Love the fact that um, you were very, very much focused on ministry and uh, and supporting a ministry mindset and aspect with church safety. And uh, you mentioned the story. I, I'll let you just go go ahead and and tell about your experience and how you got there. But it it was pretty pretty unique and pretty uh, pretty crazy how you went from going to college to um, where you are today. So I'll just say that yeah. and let you kind of walk us through that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I just love how God kind of shapes, shapes the path, like literally like a light into your feet and a lamp to the path. And just, um, you know, I just kind of put my hand up, I, you know, I got on my knees and gave my life to the Lord when I was 14 and, uh, really hadn't stepped in church, uh, much up until that time. And, my parents got invited to church and we, we started going and I've never stopped going ever since. And um, just really kind of put my hand up to God, what do you have for me now? What do you, what does that look like now? What is it, you know, where do you want me to go? And and then a little bit of background on that. So I'm from, from uh, just outside of Baltimore in Maryland um, and born and raised there. My, uh, my parents were born and raised there. They met in the high school there. Um, and grandparents lived both sets of grandparents lived there and uh from the area so really for me to to venture out of uh just that that central maryland area is was very strange and even is very strange because i still got uh two sisters and a brother that are just right there in that uh vicinity so um but yeah gave my life to the lord just as i was entering high school and um you know, it shaped my path through high school, helped me make my college decision. So I, I went to Pensacola Christian College and I studied criminal justice there. Uh, I got introduced to the a couple of the professors when I did a college visit and just really, really loved the uh, the criminal justice program and the experience and background of the, of the professors there. And was really also intrigued with attending a Christian school. I could have gone to University of Maryland or Virginia Tech or Towson University or Salisbury University. A lot of the schools that everybody goes to where I'm from, Liberty University, because I was a Christian guy, you know, at the time. And so I had some friends who went to Liberty. And, um, but man, I was really intrigued by the criminal justice program. It was going to challenge me. 
Like they, it wasn't like you were just checking off the box and this is what you did for school. Like you had to pass like physical fitness tests to be a part of the CJ program. Um, you know, they've really, really wanted you to come out of there sparkling and ready to roll and be an asset to a police department, be an asset to a correctional facility with all the guys going to probation parole. Um, a lot of guys that went into federal agencies. So that that was really it, that you were going to come out of that program and, and step in and really be an asset. And uh, so, yes, yeah, studied criminal justice at Pensacola. And uh, then I applied for one police department and I did a, did kind of an internship when I was in college with, uh, in Baltimore and, uh, did some ride alongs, just fell in love with it, fell in love with being on the street, uh, fell in love with responding to calls to kind of be in there to help people and serve the public. Like really you talk about public servants at your law enforcement guys. Um, it's a tough job. It is, uh, day in day out night in night out the shift work is tough the schedules are tough the situations you deal with are tough um but uh those i i would you know honestly say like saints and angels are, are filling our law enforcement communities and i think they get a bad rap sometimes but um i worked alongside men and women that are just and i i stepped out stepped in there when i was 21 years old so i'm alongside dads i'm alongside guys that have kids already in college i'm alongside of guys who just got out of college and we are all in the academy together so it was a hodgepodge of everything our whole goal there was just serve the city serve the community and uh just loved that idea that philosophy and that mentality um so yeah did a lot of drug work when i was in baltimore a lot of drugs unfortunately but uh really really enjoyed the that the narcotic side the investigation the um stopping people did a lot of interdiction stops on the highways and just diving into people's cars diving into people's lives like just give me a chance give me a chance to talk to you like you got a brake light out cool i'm, I'm gonna stop you and, and uh <laughs> let me just see where you're coming from where you're going what you're doing met a lot of cool, cool people that way and um and then obviously you know jumped into a lot of wild situations that way you know next day a minute later you're in a you're in a 120 mile an hour car chase across the city um and uh so just a just a great experience just absolutely loved it and my uh my wife is from southern california we probably couldn't be two different worlds apart from each <laughs> other um but i met her through some common friends um in the church world and so looked at work opportunities in uh the la orange county area and uh, so when we got married, I was the head of security of a, of a hotel resort in Orange County. And again, you couldn't be more different night and day from the streets of West Baltimore <laughs> sure. to the streets of Newport Beach. And um, <laughs> this this resort was like nothing I'd ever seen before and uh, took this job as the head of security there. And it was like a city of its own. It had a private members only club. It had condos where people lived. It had million dollar yachts, like $30 million yachts. We had 20 boat slips that had 20, 30 plus million dollar yachts in the boat, in the harbor, in our marina. <laughs> and then the next 110 boat slips just kind of went down in value as they got a little bit smaller. And um, so me and my team looked after that. And then of course we had a resort hotel uh, part of it as well. And so it was like, I was kind of like chief of police of the city. 
of this little city and a, and it was the same issues it was the same same <laughs> domestics and same complaints and same parking disputes and same alcohol you know fights involving alcohol we had overdoses we had you know narcotics involved i mean you would you could look at it from the surface and say man that's what a what a beautiful place it's a beautiful place but it's got filled with hurting people and that was my first real opportunity to kind of like pull myself out of out of um some place that you would look at the streets of baltimore as a cop that you were dealing with hurting people and uh and i went to newport beach and i was dealing with hurting people um some people who were members of the club for years uh they would they would meet me for their first time and i'd already been there for a year or so and they're like hey i didn't even know you and i was like honestly if you haven't gotten in trouble i don't really know you i kind of just <laughs> deal with the the issues the guy who got too drunk at the restaurant and i had to ask him to leave and he was a member for years and um so same issues like just hurting people and uh just love that uh that opportunity to just again serve people serve the the, the the staff they get to know the staff of the hotel and the resort and um build a great team that served 24 7 and again it was kind of like chief of police that little area and so while i was out there um hillsong church was planning a church in los angeles and so my wife and i jumped in uh through my rela- I had relationships with uh with uh, the pastors, the campus pastors are going to be out there and a bunch of people from the team. So we jumped on as kind of like the church plant team and we helped start the Hillsong LA. And I know James, you're kind of going through the church plant thing. So it was great. It was was great to be a part of you. They're carrying all these hats. Right. And then they're like, um, who will do security? (laughs) Me, you, you know, and I'm like, I was trying to hide for a second. I was kind of hoping to do something else, you know? And, uh, but of course, so I jumped in and started helping with the safety and security side of things. And um, we called it venue. We called it our venue team. We didn't want to call it security. We didn't want to call it safety. I know I talked to a lot of churches and they're like, what should we name our team? The the gatekeepers or the, uh, <laughs> the, the whatever it could be. I've heard so many awesome names. And at the end of the day, um, it's not about the name. It's about the heart you know, the heart of your team and, and how you're shaping that team. And I think a name could help that, but yep. our venue team, we just love God and love people. And, uh, you know, here we have, we have a church yeah. security team where I'm at here and we love God and love people. We have a safety team, a volunteer safety team at our church that loves God and loves people. And, um, so that was my, that was my first kind of opportunity to build a church safety security team. And, um, you know, one of the stories that, that we had from Church of Hillsong LA at the time, we were getting a lot of high profile people coming through the door. So we had a team looking after um, what people consider as VIPs coming through. We literally would have paparazzi waiting outside as people were showing up for church. And it didn't, to me, they weren't any different or special, um, but we knew we had to make a way for them to feel comfortable about attending church. And that might be coming in through the back door. Maybe we took care of their car for them. Um, We'd save seats for them away from everybody else because they would be getting hounded with um, somebody would have their their, tons of people would have, yep, autographs and (laughs) and camera phones in their face to video them while worship is happening. 
and people were just videoing these individuals instead of them worshiping themselves and the and the individuals are there they're there trying to you know grow in their walk with Christ and so we're like managing all that and we would also consider our VIPs we we would uh, go and pick up people from Skid Row and bring them to church and we would save them seats as well and uh, we That's would have awesome. somebody radio into our venue team and they say hey we've got six carloads of people got 18 people from skid row we're headed over um and we did that like on wednesday nights we went and build relationships in skid on skid row and then uh which is that in los angeles is that um area that's just filled with tents and temporary sheltering and you know homeless people living transient people living on the streets a lot of drug and alcohol issues a lot of mental health issues there well, we'd go there on wednesday nights and serve those people and build relationships and then We'd say, hey, guys, we're going to come here on Sunday and we'll be here at seven, pick you up if you like to attend our eight o'clock service. And so, again, the same thing, we would save seats for them. We'd have an area where they could sit because we wanted them to feel comfortable going there because some of them hadn't showered for days, weeks or or sometimes more. And they wouldn't really feel comfortable sitting next to my family. They, they understood that they were a little bit different. And uh, so one of the stories that I told at the conference that everybody really loved was that you know Justin Bieber attended our church for for a time when he was uh, when or when he was in L.A. when he was in town, and uh, we had at the same time we were trying to get this uh, some of our church members were trying to get people from uh, or this guy who lived on the street corner to attend church and he had his whole, all of his life's possessions in this shopping cart and he was like I can't come if I leave this cart out on the street it's going to be gone my sleeping bag my tent these bottles and cans that I have for money, for food, it'll be gone. And we told him, Hey, bring it in. We have a safe place. We can, we can put it. We had a fenced in area where we would park some of the cars that we would have for people who showed up. And so, so Justin Bieber's coming to church at the same time. We finally get this guy to come to church. And so this guy's pushing his shopping cart up the back alley behind the venue that we used at the same time that, <laughs> that JB is coming with his, like a, a half million dollar phantom rolls royce if not more and uh and we actually ended up parking both of those right next to each other in this fenced in secured area <laughs> and it was all about making a way making a safe place for these people um these individuals to come and encounter god and just have a just a better idea of who god is who jesus is and um and uh what you know that's all we wanted and then i could just sit back and like let the holy spirit do the rest you know and let the worship kind of fill fill them and let the word fill them and just let god do the rest that we were able to just come in and say you know hey you know we got them in you know okay lord you do the rest of the work and so it's just really neat to have this this role that we have in what you would call you know safety and security um but we really are providing a safe and secure environment for anyone to come through our doors. Um, and whoever that might be, whatever that might look like is, is, uh, you know, we, we can't control that. We're just here to, you know, make sure it's a safe place for them to come in and then let the Lord do the rest. And, um, so while on that, on that team, um, while there, while I build that team, I had a guy who, uh, worked for Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Worked for their family, and uh, right after the uh, there there was an incident in Paris with Kim, 
and pretty well-known incident that happened with her. So right when that happened, this guy who had served under me, he was a volunteer. He, he was on our team. He, mm -hmm. he said, Hey, we need some extra guys on this team. If you, if you want to jump in and, uh, I can connect you. And so sure enough, meet the family, start working with them. And, um, so spent the next couple of years with the family it was a part of Kanye Sunday service, um, helping run that. I stepped down from, from, from leading at Hillsong church. It was almost at the same time. I also had a, had our first kid. Um, so we have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So right around that time I had my first baby and, and, uh, so I knew I needed to step back a little bit. And then this opportunity came up to kind of join and be a part of their family and, and doing security stuff for their family. And, uh, and then to jump into what Kanye was doing with Sunday service was just an awesome opportunity. And again, like people would be like, that is awesome. How many people, who was the best celebrity you met? And, and I'll be very clear. Like I wasn't, I was working like, these aren't, these aren't really my friends. <laughs> like I got I built great relationships. And then again, I was around the family sure. for a long time and the kids, I got to be part of like two of the kids births. And, um, but I'm just a guy, like I really am just a guy I was there to serve. I, I recognize and realize like the, um, rarity of what I was able to do and who I was able to work with and how special that was being a kid from, central maryland who grew up in a small town that my parents <laughs> met in the town my grandfather was mayor of the town and i mean just thought i was going to be a cop there and live in the house that my grandmother kind of gave to us and you know <laughs> and um but the lord had other plans and i just said hey what you know where again where do you want me to go what do you want me to do and and so r like running that security so now i'm outside of like ministry in a way but still there was hurting people. There was people I could serve. I could, you know, there was, there was a guy who everybody would know pretty well. And I won't say his name, but there was a guy who'd say, man, every time I see you, I know I can get a hug from you. Like, like kind of that bro hug thing. I knew it. I mean, he would walk up to me, what's up? And like, and, um, and he shared, he's like, man, I can get a hug from you anytime. I know it's just such a good feeling. I love seeing you. And we'd catch up and talk at some of the events that I'd see him at. And, uh, um, that, that's just, again, just being open to whatever it looks like. And I'm, I was pretty well trained. I mean, I was a narcotics guy. Like I'm like, you know, was involved in shootings, like was, you know, I'm chasing cars, chase guy, like, and then there's a guy who was kind of touched by my, you know, just my openness to give him a, that bro hug every time I saw him. And so it's funny how you think, I think, you know, I've run into, guys who are starting their church safety and security teams and they're like yeah i thought i was gonna build this like elite squad or unit and um but man i just spent two hours talking to a guy in the parking lot who is um you know he's been married for 18 years and is him and his wife are separated right now and he said i'm just trying to walk into church to see if there's there's an answer here for me he's like i wasn't that's not what i signed up for but i'm like you know to be honest that's why we do this. Yep. That's why we do this. Like Absolutely. we are, you know, and then I love like if, if you guys haven't looked at the, you know, what the church safety guys are doing with the four pillars. I mean, it's not like <laughs> the four pillars are, you know, and if you guys haven't met Mike and James in person, you could, if you just see him on the video, you'd think hey, you're looking at Mike. That guy's like a six, four, 265 middle linebacker. <laughs> James looks like he could be six, six, two eighty, And he would have been like a good power forward. 
Um, and you know, yeah, and, Nate, and you know what? I, I stand as a dwarf next to Nate. Nate's a, <laughs> yeah. Nate's a huge guy. <laughs> and, but what, and, and what I love about both of, both of you guys is that you just love people. And it's ministry first. And that's the first pillar, like the church safety guy. Is it, so that's why when I was talking to them at the table, I was like, eh, what are they selling? And I already knew, I already knew of the church safety guys. But I was like, eh, what are you guys <laughs> selling? You know, James and I started talking. And then I was like, wait a minute. I do know this because so I've been given the devotional to protect and serve. And that's James's <laughs> book. And I'm like, man, I love these guys. I love their hearts. Like it doesn't, you don't have to be up a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You don't have to be former special forces. Um, you just need to love God and love people and like watch yeah. how like the Lord will use you and impact people's lives. And and I told the, that guy who was sharing the story about it, he was out in the parking lot for two hours. I was like, man, you might've just changed the entire course of history of that man's life and his wife. And yeah. maybe they have kids and then their kids' kids. And you just spent two hours and it could have created a generational change. And thank God that we have people that are putting their hands up and they're saying, Hey, I want to kind of keep an eye on our parking lot to see, is there a couple fighting in the parking lot? If they are, I want to know about it because then we can grab somebody from our marriage team, grab a female from our, you know, just a, a lady that I know she can talk to the wife. Let me go talk to the husband. And, um, that's kind of that. That's truly the heartbeat behind this. And I remember you, again, you guys being out at the table with you guys and hearing people, you know, one guy coming up and they're like, "Hey, I got a, a multi-campus church, um, <laughs> and we're getting ready to start another campus, but I need to grow." And then you, you guys are able to like strategize or just kind of give them some pointers <laughs> real quick. And then another guy coming up who's like, "I'm the uh, maintenance guy," and they have just said like, Hey, I need to start finding some people to watch the parking lot <laughs> and watch our service. And it's like, and Oh, how big's your church? 80. We got a church of 80. And what I would say is cause I grew up in a church of 80. We're now about 150. I just visited a few months ago, um, two services in a small barn. It'll never be 10,000. Yeah, I'm at a church of 10,000 now, you know, and I was at a church of 10 and 12,000 in LA and it is the same thing. We want, people that love God and love people. And, uh, when I came to watermark, I didn't really know what I was getting into. We moved here when we got pregnant with baby number two, just before COVID and, uh, had friends that attended watermark and, um, but didn't really know what I was getting into. And, uh, and that's what they've shared with me when they brought me on board. I was like, man, like, why'd you bring the guy from LA? Like, this is a big church. There's, it, there's, got to be tons of guys qualified that would be great retired law enforcement guys or military guys god there has to be somebody that's way more qualified that you would offer the job to than bring the guy from la um or maybe the job is just not that good maybe nobody wanted it and they're like <laughs> let's see if this guy wants it see if he'll fly for it and um and they said no you just talked about loving god and loving people like we liked your background. It was great. You had a great background and you had experience in this and that, but you just talked about loving God and loving people. So that's the kind of leader that we want. And so that's what I would say. That's, you know, and you guys speak the same language as me that, you know, you're in a small, small church in Kansas. You're in a large church in Massachusetts. You're in a, a, a big thriving hipster church in Miami. 
um, loving God and loving people. And that's how you're going to be successful. And then there's tools that we can use that'll equip us. And I learned something from you guys all the time from the podcast, jumping, I'll be driving my kids in the car and they'll be fall, fall asleep. So I'll throw the AirPods in and I'll put Spotify, you know, one of the, one of the episodes in and just listen to somebody talking about, you know, something for churches or something with the active shooter stuff. And I'm like, man, I, okay, we're going to train on that next time. And, um, I just love how it's applicable for a church of 80, 808,000 that we love God and we love people as the baseline of it. And then we do need to be equipped. Like we got to continue learning. We got to continue growing in this. And 100%. there's a lot more that we can do. And, and I'm, again, people come to, come to my job. I've got a guy who travels and does church consulting and, and church security training on our team. He's a volunteer on our team and he does it not full time, but he does a part time and he's been in 50 plus churches. And he's like, I, he's like, I thought I was going to come in here and like help out with what you guys really needed. But he's like, you guys pretty you, you have it pretty much figured out. Now there's a lot of stuff at work, but he's like, you're the best that I've seen it. And I'm the, I'm the, I train people in church security. And then what I tell him is I'm like, we've only scratched the surface yep. we're, I, I don't even feel like we're 20 percent there yet i think and, you're hitting um, on something really big in the operational excellence piece which is really one of our pillars as well and and i'm just reflecting here on, on being able to hear parts of your story again because we got to get it <laughs> firsthand at the conference and it, it's great to hear it even the second time and uh how much that that fits in um it, it's interesting the uh as a chance to plug that is since the conference, since our presentation, and because of people coming up to our table there and conversations we've had with you and others, uh, we are actually releasing a book on the four pillars before Christmas. Uh, so it, 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 it's coming out. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, so. perfect. So um, ministry first and operational excellence. It's third. Third, yeah. leadership. leadership uh, engaged is- leadership. Engaged is leadership two. is number two, yeah. and then fourth is training. Always right? training, yep. And always training. And if you can, if you can shape your, uh, if you're like, where do I start? You're in a church at eighty. You're the maintenance guy, and you're like, man, where do I start with this? And well, first of all, just meet with a couple, like grab a couple people, grab a couple other dads that are interested in this, <laughs> and then just meet before the service, and then just talk. And then what we what we do with our team is we share something biblical and something tactical and none of them have to be profound. Sometimes the tactical thing will be like, hey, everybody pull out your flashlight, give it a give it a click. Everybody's flashlight works good. We don't need to change any better. Okay, cool. Now I want to share from Matthew 516 and just kind of share about let your light shine. You know, I know, you know, we can be hardcore safety security guys but let's let our light shine. Let somebody like look at us and let's, you know, with a smile and just reminding people of that and share a verse. And or on the flip side, we might talk something tactical for our briefing time, which is about 15 minutes. And, and then the biblical thought might just be, Hey, just, I was just reminded like for God to love the world that he gave us his son. So um, let us just love others the way Christ loved us and, and the Lord's loved us. And, you know, something like that. So, it, there's these little like the pillars are great i think and i'm not even here to like plug for you guys or advertise <laughs> but i i share 
Go right ahead. I'm doing it. Right ahead. But, but I share the same things. Like it's ministry first, you know. Yeah. Um, hey, and, and let's find a leader. Let's find a leader that just can shepherd and pastor people. Um, I've I've served under great leaders that weren't even like the person I report to isn't a safety and security guy here at Watermark, isn't a safety security guy, but he's one of the best leaders I've ever worked under. He's also maybe four years younger than me. Not that I'm that old, but he's four. See, <laughs> so you would think like this guy's like this old wise guy. No, no, no. He's a great leader. And I'm in you know, my whole life. I've tried to surround myself with some great leaders and, and, uh, and then that way I kind of learn how to be a leader to others and operational excellence. I love that idea. And just, uh, you know, being excellent in how, what we do, trying to make things better with our radio communications, or if you don't, you know, some churches can't afford radios. So, Hey, just do a group chat. I was talking with a church in, in New Jersey just recently and small church. And I I'm thinking maybe it was one service, 75 people. And then they have some midweek stuff. And I said, then there's a few of you. I was talking to two of them. And I said, if there's a few of you that are really keyed into this, just get a group chat going, put the biblical and tactical thought on the group chat. Um, hopefully you guys can meet up beforehand and pray together, but it seemed like they came at different times. James, you and I have talked about that before with our families and kids and, you know, I'm going up really early and then the wife and the kids are coming later and we never come together. And, um, Maybe you're coming at different times, so just get a get a group chat going. You don't need a five hundred dollar Motorola radio system and a and a repeater and everything like that. But all of us have our cell phones. Just get a group chat going. Put the biblical and tactical thought on there. Encourage each other throughout the week. Check in and make sure. Hey, are you going to be here this week? Nope. Actually, we're going to be. Um, you know, Mike, you went camping with your son this weekend, so I'm actually going to be out of town camping. <laughs> and then that leader should be checking in. Mike, man, how's the time with your son? such a great time. What'd you learn? Um, what'd you do? Whatever it might be. And that's hatchet really throwing. hatchet throwing. That, that, <laughs> that was, that took, and that's I what got you guys to did hatchet throwing. Oh. And I got to literally, uh, let my son put his first BB down range and, uh, hitting a pipe nice. late. So I was like, you know what, that, that, that right there takes the cake. And it's like, just seeing him kind of line it up and, and, and set there. But that visual imagery, I'm, I'm going to circle back to something you said earlier. And it struck me at the conference. It struck me again, as you said it here. And it really fits with the topic here tonight, talking about the differences of church, uh, larger churches, smaller churches. The juxtaposition of Bieber's Rolls-Royce against the shopping cart. You got the cart and the car. And, and yet so different, yet so similar in the same sense super valuable to the person that brought it in and yet at the same point they felt safe enough and secure enough to leave it with you and they were able to still enter that same building and meet the same god and be able to to, to worship regardless of their status regardless of the size of the church regardless of of what they did that morning or would do that night and I think that that just it paints such a picture is that there's differences, but there's so many similarities at the same time. I think one of the things, too, I want to I want to go back to what you said, Nate, about the the guy being out in the parking lot and and that impact. And, you know, we want to set our churches up for success for that, for the ministry, for the ministry that they're doing. And it always um, it always makes me um proud of the fact that 
when I go, uh, when I go to church, how I handle it. And I know people are watching me, like how, how do you handle this situation? How did you handle that? That sort of thing. But uh, one of the things uh, it's, it's kind of funny. One of the things I, I think about is years ago, um, I used to watch black and white Westerns and one of the, uh, one of my favorite episodes, um, I, I don't even remember the show, but it had Ronald Reagan in it when he was an, an actor mm-hmm. And he was the sheriff of this town and every night he would, he would do rounds, right? He'd walk through the city and he'd make sure every door was locked. And then, you know, he ended up being the hero and everything. Um, and I always wanted to, to grow up, to be him. Like I, I just love that. Um, the, the, I don't know the fact that he was a sheriff, he was in control, but when somebody came running up to him and they were like freaking out, they were just like, Oh my gosh, you know, we're going to die. He was just like, we got it right. We got, we got this taken care of. So it's to me, it's, it's funny. I, I, I reflect back on that and I kind of laugh, but today, you know, when I go to, to my church, when I walk through, folks call me different things. Like there's, there's one family that calls me constable. So like they see me walking through and they're like, Hey constable. And you know, at first I was like, what in the world? Like that's the farthest thing right from my mind. Like you don't need to call me a special name or anything like that. But at the same time, the more I started thinking about it, the more I thought, you know what, what that does is that actually builds in unity and it builds in, a level of comfort, like people know, because that's endearment, like people know, okay, you're doing what you're doing. So I can do what I, I do and do it peacefully. Like they don't have to worry. And, you know, last, I think it was last week or a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the topic of be careful, uh, who you influence and, you know, who, who you're influencing and how you're influencing them. But the reality is you want to be supporting the other ministries in the church. You want to be mission focused because if you are, then that's really being a conduit of, of the love of Christ that, that you talked about. So from that standpoint, people can be more at ease doing their ministry because they know that you're handling things and you're doing it the, the best that you can. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Like nobody's, nobody's expecting perfection. But at the same time, being able to do that, to, to walk on the church campus and have that presence of, you know what, God's here, we're here, we're going to do the best we can to support this, um, is, is really a blessing. And, you know, it may not seem for, for the smaller churches listening uh, or just churches in general, it may not seem like that's a big deal, but that piece that people experience because you're there, um, is, is just, it's a God thing, but it's just amazing. And, and to be able to experience that and again, be that blessing to, you know, the operations of the church, um, it's, there's, there's a lot to it, but it doesn't start, it doesn't start with just training and it doesn't start with just being tactical. And it starts with, like you said, uh, Nate, you know, focusing, focusing on what's important and focusing on reaching the folks that need it and the folks that, you know, whether they're a a celebrity, (laughs) whether they're a celebrity or they're pushing a shopping cart, everybody needs Jesus. And so, you know, 
but anyhow, I'll throw it back over to you guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, with our team, um, I was going, I was just going to read through some texts. They were a little harder to find, but like the, our, our leadership staff, like, I mean, it's grateful for you, brother, grateful for you and your team, grateful that like, and I'm like, that's, it's such a, it is a good feeling. Like yep. they don't have to worry about it. And also like when people will text or call, um, Hey, I saw this. We have a big campus. Like we have three large buildings. You guys were here, you know, the 4,000 seat auditorium. I mean, it's a large like area and people will call or text me and they'll say, Hey, I just want to give you a heads up. I saw so-and-so and I'm like, I saw him or already talked to him. And they're like, how do you do that? Like, how did you do that? You know, we're on it. We already talked to him. We know where he's sitting or we saw their group come in. And, and, uh, I think that, that just eyes to see, we do pray for that. I mean, we pray, like we're praying for the, like we're, we're praying for the one, the one that comes through, not necessarily as much the, you know, the, the group of four college girls that come in, like, boom, off the radar to our connecting team. And, some of our young adult ministries, they're like looking for that group and they're, Hey guys, are you new here? Yeah. We're new students. We go to SMU and uh, we just got here. We're checking out watermark. We love what you guys have done. We love the worship, whatever it might be. Well, that's not us. I'm looking for the one. I'm looking for the one that comes through the door. Who's looking around, not in a menacing way, but like, Whoa, like I've never even, you guys saw our, our lobby, our town center, and, you know, <laughs> 40 foot ceilings and huge. And people walk around and like, man, our team wants to go up and say hi to this individual. And that's showing us that they're probably alone. And we are really looking to make a profile of every individual comes through our door. Profiling is a bad word in the law enforcement <laughs> space. Right. And, but in all honesty, I'm looking to make a profile. And want to figure out, like, is this somebody that we should engage with or, oh, they have their Bible and they're walking in. There was a guy who walked in hoodie. It wasn't it wasn't cold enough that I was like, oh, hoodie. It was a little warm. And I'm like, like, we keep our buildings pretty cold. You guys remember from the conference, everybody was (laughs) like, hey, can you turn this up? But um, he walked in in the hoodie and kind of was like kind of looking around and didn't really know where he was going and just came up next to him and. And, uh, and I kind of started making some small talk and then, um, and then figured out, he's like, Hey, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually looking for my, uh, my fiance and her parents. They're here. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Hoodie guy. He just, he was a little colder. He was just colder. Maybe it was a little trendy or style in LA. Like, you know, having a hoodie on is it's trendy and stylish. And sure enough, I see him kind of wave to his to a girl and see it uh, like look like her parents were next to him made a profile. He's good. Like he's great. I love it. Excited for that. Got a chance to say hi to him and meet him. And, um, and, but working within the ministries is like, uh, you know, I share with people, people will say, Hey, who's your boss? And I do have a boss that writes my reviews and I sit down and meet with them. We do one-on-ones regularly. And, um, but tomorrow, like I'm going to be meeting up with our front lines, which are like host team. Um, I'm going to be meeting up with our kids team. I'm going to be meeting with the, with our youth ministry. We're like, they are all my bosses. I look at them as all my bosses. Cause how can I serve you guys? You guys have your big event this week. 
for youth, the high school kickoff. How can I serve you guys? How can our team serve you as the parents are dropping off their kids and parents are like, oh, my my uh, son's friend invited him to this and just wasn't sure. I didn't know. I've heard of Watermark. I wasn't sure. Like, uh, But we got a presence outside in the parking lot. We've got our team on golf carts cruising around. We're greeting people as they're coming in. Um, and it's really what we do is not this, again, this elite specialized unit, but it's like we're an uh, arm of the church. We're a ministry of the church, and we're figuring out, how can we serve our, our, uh, we, we have like a special needs, you know, uh, parking area where like elderly handicapped, like, um, can park and like our team will jump out as we're kind of looking at, looking after things and somebody might, might need help getting a wheelchair out of the car. Boom. We're helping. And again, it's like, man, making a, a place comfortable for somebody to attend and, and our special needs team is like, that's amazing. We do a parent's night out for special needs um, family. So the special needs kids will get dropped off. The parents get to go out for a date night. And we provide medical team. They're waiting at the drop off. And because some of these special needs kids are pretty high level special needs. Some have like feeding sure. tubes or or, or um, in a motorized wheelchair. And their parents are like, man, I can go out and have a really good night if, um, if that person, that medical team is there and that's part of our team too. So we are like, however we can serve, that's what it looks like. But we got awesome people. We have, we do have former, we have Navy SEALs on our team, FBI <laughs> in our team, high level, I mean, great people. And, but we're nothing if we don't love God and love people. And I think that's what, that's what I love about you guys. And I think that's what attracts people to, you know, this style of ministry because they're like, man, I don't I don't have any military background. Yeah. But do you love God and love people? Because if so, we can use you and the church can use you. And in all honesty, the church needs you. And that's what I love sure. about kind of this sphere that we we all work in. For sure. So, what do you Mike, did you want to jump in and say say something? No, I think I, I think you were uh, you're talking about oh. more. Well, yeah, I was just going to ask you, um, Nate, if you if you could like one of the things that we get asked often is um, what what do we say like to it's it's really kind of a two part question like what do we say to leadership to make them convinced to be convinced to have a safety team, and then. What I would um, just, I guess the question I just ask you is, what would you say to someone that has a team that maybe the leadership isn't as supportive in that and they're kind of discouraged and you, you want to try and encourage them um, or just give them give them kind of a word saying, you know what, hang in there, do do what you do best. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on that? I would say. First of all, you, you need to be in a place where you trust your leadership. Sure. So when, when I got here, I come with good background, good experience. And, uh, and our leadership said, hey, we'd like you to, you're fresh eyes, you know, coming here. So we'd like you to kind of put together an assessment. And I'm used, and again, I toured, I've done touring security. So I was used to going to a venue and doing a, we call it a rapid threat assessment, RTA. And we'd right. be in the venue for about an hour, walk with the venue security and boom. Well, they said, hey, give us an assessment. Let's meet up about six weeks after you start here. And then, 
and uh, we can go over what your thoughts are. So I put together three pages, front, back, topical, um, ideas, thoughts, put it. And I, and then I went in and said, Hey, here's, I think it was like 87 total things on the list. And I said, here's things that I noticed. And I don't know if, what the reason behind why we do this or, but you guys can choose to do all of them. You can choose to do none of them. You can choose to just do four, 13 of the 87 and whatever that looks like, because I'm trusting my leadership. So I would say, I'd really encourage you to be in a place where you trust your leadership in every ministry. They're wanting to do something that minish that the leadership or the elders have said, you know what, let's hold off on that. It might be money. It might be, it could be a, there could be a million reasons why, because they, again, you need to trust that they have the church's best interest in mind. And as far as, uh, uh, you know, kind of your role in being maybe discouraged or something that I would say, then just stay, just try to stay in your lane. And, uh, we are all called to be disciples. And if the, if the church security team relied on your elders or your leadership or your pastor, your senior pastor, having all the answers or, or leading you, or if you were expecting him to lead you and direct you like general Patton kind of thing and like, we're going and like, it's probably not going to happen. You're probably on an Island and you're really going to be trusted and entrusted with just that circle of people that you can grab that are going to be dads and moms in the house. That's what I say to our team. We have dads and moms in the house, people that, that I'm surrounding myself with that want to be the eyes and the ears of things going on in church, that things that just don't look right. And they either have put their hand up and say, I want to engage with those individuals, that individual with the hoodie or the couple who's fighting in the parking lot. And I would say that's your circle of influence right there. And we need to reach those people. And you might think that your circle of influence should be a hundred or a thousand, or you might, you know, I don't, I don't know what it could look like. Or you might think, Hey, I told our pastor, we need an arm team, but you know what? Right now we're not doing an arm team. It costs too much liability on our church. We don't have the funds to, to cover the liability. So can you just build a team right now? And then who knows you build a team and there might be one of the guys that joins that team. He just retired and has a lot of money and he's willing to donate money to the church. And next thing you know, he's donating money to the church and the, and the senior pastor comes to you and says, we now have funds for an armed team. It's because you built the team, you invested in people, you trusted in your leadership and it's coming back to you and it's going to bless the church. So we, we actually, and to, to your point, I know we're running out of time, but to your point, we had someone do that to us actually someone came and said um, that they wanted to give a gift to uh, to help a, a big system purchase for our church. And we actually, we took that and we were able to update. We bought all new radios, which was something that we desperately needed. Um, but it was an amazing blessing because they saw us doing, doing well and being good stewards of little. And they, they yeah. saw that yep. and then they came back and said, Hey, you know what, we're going to give you X number of dollars to help, um, you know, to, to make things easier for you. So yeah. it was definitely, it was definitely a, a, an awesome thing. So, 
Well, we are uh, just about out of time, but uh, again, Nate, thank you so much for joining us yeah, on the broadcast. It's been it's been great, and uh, for those listening at home, we did not pay him to talk about <laughs> the next book or <laughs> that wasn't or even anything. No. It was great though. Yeah, it's, it's the it's the real deal. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. If you're struggling with some of this stuff, like you got to resource yourself with this and. Uh, you know, and surrounding yourself with some of the right people can speak into you. And again, if you're that guy who's like, I'm just the facilities guy and they've asked me to do security, like just just spend some time listening to some of these podcasts. You're going to hear some gold from people. And uh, and I love Mike. And again, Mike and James are not 6'7", 260 and 6'4", <laughs> 265. But you guys love God and love people. And that's why I know we connected at the conference and uh, – Really looking forward to uh, working more with you and learning from you guys and uh, just really looking forward to what you guys are doing in this space because you guys got got a great reach and great audience. And um, and I think you're really doing it the right way and you have some real valuable stuff that people can use. So thank you for your guys, what you guys are doing, because you're doing it week in, week out every night. And this is Sunday nights away <laughs> from your family and Sunday nights away from watching maybe football with your kid, whatever it might be. And um but it's blessing the church because I was around everybody um, at that conference had some kind of connection to you guys. They knew of you. They'd heard <laughs> of you. They read a book. They'd been resourced by it in some way. So keep doing what you're doing. Um, thank you guys for having me on. And uh, again, looking forward to connecting more in the future. Be blessed and enjoy that uh, quiet time with the kid at school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The house is quieter when the kids go to school. That's for sure. <laughs> For sure. Okay. Well, we will go ahead and uh, and just wrap up here. So if you uh, joined us or maybe you joined us late, you are welcome uh, to catch up on YouTube. And then this episode will actually also be on our website at churchsafetyguys.com. And uh, as always, you can download the Church Security app and you can catch up on, on past episodes on that as well. So until next time, we hope that you have a blessed week. And uh, have a, uh, a good evening, and we will talk to you soon. Take care. God bless. Have a good night. This hour of broadcasting brought to you by TwoWayRadioCenter.com, a Motorola value-added reseller. Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast brought to you by Vigilant Impact. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback and interaction. Be sure to share our broadcast with your teams. Join the discussion online and connect with us on social media. For other great ministry resources, download the Church Security app or at our website at churchsafetyguys.com. Remember, keep a servant's heart, a mindset of ministry, and semper disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.